1: Well, hello. We are on our fourth day this week, but we have moved out of First Timothy 5, and we are moving into 6. Um, and we're talking about advice to slaves today, um, which it's we're going to have a slightly different perspective, because this is not—how did you refer to it, Terry, as antebellum slavery— hmm yeah so there's different and yeah and we're going to talk about um please hear us very clearly right now we are not endorsing slavery At Period. All. by At any all. means not happening Mm-mm. so i do want to say that we are all slaves to something um sometimes it's ourselves sometimes it's the junk food sometimes it's the alcohol sometimes it's even good things like exercise or you know whatever it happens to be but we are um that's part of human nature but this part that we're talking about is actual slavery but not antebellum slavery so there's our disclaimer
2: we'll 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 figure it out here yes okay
1: okay okay Uh,
2: All who are under the yoke of slavery must consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teachings may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they're fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves."
1: Yeah, so you have to keep the context in mind here. Again, it it all goes back to context as to what was happening in the world at the time that this was written. It was not written for you and I sitting here right this minute in our world. Um, It is applicable, but it was not, this is not the context in which it was written. So um, keep that in mind.
2: So also keep in mind that we're talking about believing slaves and believe believing masters for you know part of it so they're Christians when so my first question when I started reading it was like wait a minute they're Christians and they they have slaves that just doesn't seem right that doesn't sound right but as we dig in a little deeper like Suzanne said um culturally <clears throat> we do find out that uh, it's a different type of slavery that they're talking about here. Um, so, go ahead.
3: Yeah. So I think it might be really important to start defining that just clearly as we come out. There's quite a few quotes through the homework that are helpful. Mm-hmm. One of them by R. Kent Hughes is um, fi- there were between 50 and 60 million slaves in Ro- in the Roman Empire and that as many as one third of the population of large cities, such as Rome, Corinth, and Ephesus were slaves. So this is a significant part of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the Roman slavery wasn't based on someone's race. It was more of an economic system. And it what it, he says here is it reflected the economic and political realities of the ancient culture. So... Another part of this was, and when they say economic part, was selling oneself into sla- slavery was commonly used as a means of gaining Roman citizenship and gaining entrance into society. So that absolutely did not ha- happen in the antebellum South. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was probably more a way of people to repay their debts. A pe- so, you know, the Roman Empire was vast. There were many cultures in the Roman Empire and, but you weren't necessarily a Roman citizen if you were in the Roman empire. So in order to gain Roman citizenship, you might, this is one of the ways that you could do that. I'm sure paying off politicians was another way, but this is the way <laughs> yeah. they had for that. <laughs> right.
2: I'm sure well, there that was, it's an option. Another difference um, here is that they were, some of them were selling themselves into slavery, like Rosemary said, to pay off debts or whatever, and with the knowledge that they would be set free. With, right. Even if it was the first day of the first year, in seven years, every seven years, there's a, um, a, a the year of Jubilee. All the slaves were set free. All the debts were forgiven.
0: Um, for the Jews, not for the Romans.
2: Right, right, right. To right, the Jews. Yeah, for the Jews. So they... Um, they had at least that to look forward to. This wasn't a a lifelong.
0: Um, I don't. Know, what's what am I thinking of? Well, they weren't if bonded you're put in jail. Maybe more. Think more of an indentured servant, maybe than the picture you have in your mind of slave. Um,
3: so let me just kind of throw in another part. I should have just read the whole quote the way it was straight up. Um, Furthermore, while the slave remained his master's possession, he could own property, including other slaves, right? Um, slaves were regularly accorded the social status of their owners, and many slaves lived separate from their owners. This is very different mm-hmm, from the end anim- It was just, a, I think, an economic and cultural way of handling things.
2: Sort of like a job. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, to some extent, although
0: there were slaves like we think of slaves, too, because when Rome would conquer another country and enslave its people, Mm -hmm. they were not anything but property. Right. So so it was a combination of things, but this is a little bit different situation um, that Paul is addressing in Ephesus. Right. In the church. In the church, yeah. So, I don't think it Um, means that God um, accepts slavery as something that's, he's not endorsing it. I I don't think he's endorsing slavery of any kind. Right. Um, But I think it's a reality of the culture, a reality of the times, and and I think it's just an acknowledgement of that reality.
1: Yeah, and God laid out some pretty clear guidelines, too. Um, if you look back in, like, at the beginning of the Old Testament, there's a lot of talk about how slaves were to be treated and um, just the, the reality of slavery and um, the fact that so much of the culture was built on that system, um, but the fact that it was not, slaves were to be protected, slaves were to be cared for, um, slaves were not to be abused. So, um, God lays that out real clearly. And it's, this is another one of those things that we have a, a different picture of slavery in our minds now because of the world that we lived in or that we live in now and the, the history that we have versus what, um, the recent history was when this was written.
0: Well, I mean, the Jews were slaves in Egypt. And that was not an indentured servanthood that was slavery and they were ill treated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we got to be a little bit careful that we don't just paint everything with a broad brush um, Right. I that agree. we recognize that this, in this particular situation, Paul is talking about believers who own slaves in the Roman empire Um some of those slaves were more indentured servants. They had some rights. They could own property. But that doesn't mean that all slavery, even in that time, was like that. Right. Um, and the Jews in particular were well aware of what slavery meant um, because they had been slaves in Egypt. And they, they kept a remembrance of that. Um, that's part of their history. Um, and so I think God is saying here, don't be like everybody else, you know, if you have a slave, you make sure that you treat them um, as you would a member of your family.
1: Especially if they're a believer, they are your family.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, so some of the context, like for what Angie's talking about, to make sure that we're not painting with a broad brush is um, like Moses was, you know, the, the Pharaoh's son. Who wasn't really the Pharaoh's son, but he um, freed the slaves, really is what he did. Um, Crossed through the Red Sea and then led into ultimately into um, the Promised Land. Yeah, the Promised Land after many detours. But anyway, but those were, um, he freed the slaves and they were not well treated at all. In fact, one of the reasons that he ran was because he killed a man who was mistreating a slave. Mm -hmm. which is somewhat ironic that you're killing someone for mistreating someone. But anyway, Mm -hmm. that's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Read your Bible. It's very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So um, (laughs) anyway, but yes, um, and it's just kind of all kinds of wrapped up and hard, right? It's hard. Yeah.
3: I I just, I see God acknowledging that slavery is there, but I never see God agreeing with mistreating people
1: Mm -mm. there's never an endorsement right there's
3: never an endorsement of that just as I'm sitting here listening though part of me is just pretty sickened by the way that these scriptures were probably used against people in the south Mm -hmm. during the antebellum slavery just like that's pretty evil pretty bad I think slavery and slavery, overall that
2: kind is, of slavery evil. is evil.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But it, then this additional layer too of twisting God's word yeah. on top oh. of it to um, make it okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I'm just seeing how his word probably was used. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that that when Paul is talking here, he's talking about a different system of slavery. Um, And it just should never have been used like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And let's be real. This is not over. This still exists in our world today. And it's not benign. It's very evil. All the
0: sex trafficking, children that are trafficked, that's all slavery. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, Exodus 21 says, um, he who kidnaps a man and sells him. Or if he's found in his hand, shall surely be put to death.
0: Yeah,
2: that's mm-hmm. that's trafficking. That's mm-hmm. mm-mm.
1: yeah. That's enslavement. Yeah. That's the kind of slavery that that we think about, right? That's not mm-hmm. the Roman. I'm going to pay off my debts and then be set free. Um, I'm going to work to become a citizen. Kind of slavery. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me wonders, like, what. Is lost in translation here. Yeah, you know, um, I don't. I am not educated enough to read the original Bible. I have to trust that the translations are accurate, as accurate as can be. But the reality is, um, these are not the exact words that were written. So, what is lost in in this context as well?
3: What do you mean lost?
1: Um, Like, you know, things get lost in translation. That's just the reality of it. Like the word
0: slave. Is that really the right word here? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, I don't know. I have to do a word study on that.
1: So like, and maybe this is just me. And this really is me just wondering. I have no idea. But um, like we use the word love. And there are a gazillion different types of love in the Bible not a gazillion, but multiple types of love in the Bible, but we use one word for it. So is this word for slave different than the word that we use as slave? Does that make sense?
2: I I get what you're saying. I have to say, I don't think so. Okay, Because generally, um, if there is that kind of discrepancy or differences, a deity will point it out in our homework. And I didn't see anything like, um, you know, this could be used here, and the old it meant that, and the new it means this. So,
3: But I do think context is what we might have missed before, if we're just looking at slave. We're, our context is always antebellum Um, where Didi is pointing out, like you're saying, Terry, that it was different in the Roman culture. Um, different things were happening. Um, they had indentured servitude, like Angie was saying. Um, there were captured slaves, like Daniel was a captured slave in Babylon. Um, I think, I think we might be doing things like with slave, not quite understanding that there were different types of slavery
1: mm-hmm.
3: that might have happened. Um,
1: and like, I think, go ahead. That's what I. That's what I mean. Like, like, what are we? What is being lost for right. us?
3: Yeah, not going back to their culture and seeing what was happening at the time, mm-hmm. which we consistently do. We right. even did this earlier with Timothy. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the part that can be missing in all of this, if it was not an economic thing, it's the heart of God. Right? And so the economic, um, the indentured servitude or that way of working towards something to become a Roman citizen, it's like, okay, that was a system. And they use the word slave concurrently with that. And someone could choose to remain a slave their entire life if they loved that household and that master that they were in. Um, was it piercing their ear? Yeah. And, and um, so in the type of slavery that Paul is addressing right now, he is addressing the Roman slavery. Um, but I, I see how it was just twisted in the other forms.
0: But even in that, apparently there was some disrespect from yeah. slave to master, and maybe from right. master to slave, because he's saying, i huh, have got to have full respect. You show full respect um, for your I masters."
3: I think in that in that particular verse, he's also talking about people who are not not believers.
0: In that first verse, yep. it is non-believers. In the first one. right? Because right. Then he says, "And if your masters are believers," in the next verse, then there's right. no excuse for being disrespectful. Right, um, and and there
3: might have been that because it's like, hey, we're fellow Christians. We are all one in God and all at, at the same, not one is above another.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and in the kingdom of God, that's true. It's absolutely true. But in this particular economic system, um, you, now you have a job yeah. and you are not above your boss. That's
1: right. You know,
3: <laughs> be a way yeah. to
1: say that. Okay. There's a lot in... This book that is just, it's hard to reconcile with the world that we live in now, right? Like some of the ways that things are said, some of the concepts that are talked about are are really hard to reconcile with what we live in now. Mm -hmm. But that's a good challenge for us to really like lean in and say like, God, what do I need to learn from this? What can you show me? What can I, how can I live this out? the instructions that you were giving. Well, I think while we may
0: not be slaves and masters, we're often employer and employee. So I think you have to kind of, you're right. You have to relate it to your circumstances. All of this is heart stuff. Mm -hmm. If you boil it all down, it's heart stuff. So let's say I work for someone and I don't like my boss. Does that give me the right to speak badly about them, to slough off at work? Um, No, it doesn't. So no matter what, I'm a Christian and I have said I've indentured myself to God. I am a slave to the kingdom of God, to God himself. And so I've given up my right to disrespect my boss um, because I'm a Christian. And I've given up my right to slack off because I don't think they appreciate me because I'm a Christian. So I can take those verses regarding slave and master, and I can use them for work and for employer and employee. I can use them for husband and wife. I can use them for mother and child. I think you can take those principles and um, apply them in any relationship that you have. Um, I think that's what we have to do when we read stuff
1: like that because I don't have any slaves at my house. My children might argue that sometimes though, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) might have ten years ago,
0: yeah. (laughs) When we made them go out and work in the yard. Yeah. They, I think we might've had some slave talk then or clean their rooms. Mm Yeah. 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 Hmm. But I think the big thing is just to to understand that God is not endorsing slavery here. Um, And that there, there were different levels, if you will, um, But it's more just an acknowledgement that men enslave other men for whatever reasons, um, economic, racial, uh, it's evil. Mm -hmm. Um, So God's not saying it's okay. He's just saying if that situation exists, this is how I want you to conduct yourself in the midst of it. No matter what side of the coin you're on either, whether you're the master or the slave, right
1: okay all right i'm gonna i'm gonna pray for us because we sure do need it suzanne Yes. (laughs) (laughs) oh god thank you for giving us minds thank you for giving us minds that can ponder and question and discuss and um sometimes not even come to a I I just thank you that we can um, sit in this and that we can then look to you and say, Lord, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this and how can I apply this to my life? Even though it doesn't have any context for me at the moment, how can I um, lean into that? Um, Whatever the teaching is, God, whatever we're confused about, whatever we are struggling with, God, just that we can bring it to you. Um, Thank you for that. And thank you for um, giving me these women who I can, question and who we can have discussions with and who can um, help share some insight. And um, I just thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that um, those who are listening, God, that you would give them um, the boldness to say, God, I don't understand and I need help. That you would give them the wisdom to um, know when to um, just shut their mouths and listen um, I pray that you would give them someone who would be wise and be able to speak into um, their lives, Lord. And um, I just thank you for all of these gifts, God, because even if it's confusing and even if we don't understand it, and even if it's hard, it's still a gift, God, that we can learn from um, this, this gift that you um, gave to men. And uh, I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ha <laughs> <laughs>